Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The UK is in the midst of a shoplifting epidemic. It was confirmed by the latest figures, which show that shoplifting incidents have shot up by an astonishing 25% in the past year. John Lewis has revealed that £12 million of goods were stolen last year, and yet changes in the law in 2014 meant that shoplifting goods under £200 are only treated as a summary offence with a fine. £12 million of losses at John Lewis, £33 million at the co-op. This spate of shoplifting incidents aren't just casual, everyday offences, they're starting to get violent. This is the terrifying moment supermarket staff in a Bristol branch of Tesco struggle to keep a knife-wielding shoplifter at bay. But incidents like this are becoming so frequent that the boss of the supermarket is asking for tougher laws to protect his staff and is considering issuing them all with body cameras. With both shoplifting and the violence associated with it on the rise, Many have criticised the government and the police's response as being woefully inadequate, with some of the proposed solutions raising eyebrows among shop owners and customers. I would also just remind everyone that um, the, the wider public, including shop staff and security guards, do have the power of citizens' arrest, and where it's safe to do so, I would encourage that to be used. So what is behind the rapid rise in shoplifting? And can it be fixed before it's too late? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, a shoplifting crisis hits the high street. So I'm Louise Eccles and I'm the Consumer Affairs Editor at The Sunday Times. And Louise, you've recently done an unusual reporting trip to the co-op in Bristol. Tell us what took you there. So we'd been hearing about this huge escalation in shoplifting and co-op in particular were one of the first retailers to start talking out about this because previously, I suppose, retailers wanted to, to keep quiet. They didn't want to admit that they had problems with violence and theft in their stores. And Co-op invited us into their Bristol store because it was fairly typical of what they were seeing in their city centre stores. They'd had about a thousand incidents so far this year. So they were getting about four shoplifting incidents a day. And, and these wow. often involved weapons as well, which was really scary for the staff. 
and this this was just the shoplifting they were seeing, of course. There was plenty of shoplifting that they weren't seeing. So they invited me in just to uh, see what staff were dealing with. And when you got there, what did you find? Well, initially, there wasn't very much going on. We we learned about the panic buttons that they'd got in place and we saw some of the security measures that they were uh, taking place. But within three hours of being there, a man walked in and immediately the, the manager clocked him on CCTV and realised that he was going to loot the store. And we watched as he filled his rucksack with 14 blocks of cheese wow. and dozens of packets of ham and then started to walk towards the door. Now, of course, because we were there, there was lots of security officers, lots of security guards there on the day, so they stood by the door, and the man sort of made a show of pretending to scan these packets of ham at the self-checkout, and then at the last minute said he'd, he'd forgotten his money, which is apparently quite common when the shoplifters are caught out, but then walked out very brazenly with these 14 packets of cheese in his rucksack and cycled off with the cheese. And none of the security guards stopped him, even though they'd seen it on CCTV. Yeah, it's really difficult for the uniformed security guards because they're told, don't put yourself in danger, don't stop and apprehend. And they hadn't actually seen them put the cheese. We'd seen it on CCTV and alerted them there were shoplifters there. But apparently it's complicated if they haven't specifically seen them put the goods in their bag. They're not supposed to then ask for a kind of stop and search. So unfortunately, it was one of those things where they managed to deter him from running out with the packets of ham in his arms. But he still felt confident enough to be able to walk out past the security guards with a rucksack absolutely packed full of uh, stolen goods. And for you, watching all of this play out, what were you thinking? It was extraordinary how brazen he was about it. I mean, there were shoppers in the same aisle as this man, just opening the fridges next to him, putting things into their baskets, seemingly oblivious to what was going on, while this man completely brazenly unzipped his bag and then grabbed packet after packet after packet, clearing whole shelves and zipping it up, despite the fact that he'd walked in past security guards. It was... It was absolutely extraordinary to see how completely fearless he was, how, how they had no fear of repercussions. Yeah, and how normal this seems. I mean, Louise, you said that one of the reasons you went to the co-op in Bristol is because this has become such a common phenomenon now. We're hearing so much about a, a massive rise in shoplifting. Give us a sense across the country of just the scale of it. You know, are we really at crisis levels? Yeah, I mean, stores will say that they're absolutely at crisis levels and that it's been building gradually. The co-op, this co-op store in particular in Bristol, has seen a 52% rise in the past year. But actually, when you look across the country, across all stores, we're seeing about a 27% rise in city centres. And the amount being stolen has risen extraordinarily. So it's risen from about £250 million a year to almost a billion pounds a year over a decade. Wow. And is this happening across the country? I mean, where is it happening? Yeah, I mean, I think city centres are particularly badly affected by this. But yes, it's cities all across the UK. And it's also now hitting rural areas. So I was speaking to garden centres last week who said people are coming in their cars 
and they are specifically targeting them. They are stealing thousands of pounds worth of power tools, for example, hose accessories, candles and expensive gifts, and they are filling their bags or special pockets they've had fitted into the inside of their coats. And then they are driving off with the the goods. In fact, it's got so bad for some garden centres, they've got number plate recognition systems so that they can be alerted when some of the worst shoplifters are entering their car park. I mean, that's that's astonishing because you might expect it to be food, but, you know, hose accessories and expensive candles are so unlikely. In a way, you know, it does raise the question of why this is happening and why it's happening now. You know, is this just the cost of living crisis? What, what's going on? Yeah, I think it would be easy to say, oh, it's a, it's a cost of living crisis issue. People are getting more desperate. But retailers are absolutely adamant that this isn't people stealing for need. Now, of course, there are some people stealing for need, but where they're seeing the rise, it's people stealing one item and lots of it. Looting, really. So they're, they're going to a shelf and they are clearing it. And then they are coming back in a few days later and they are clearing the same shelf of the same goods. Really specific items. You know, this is things like milk formula and meat and cheese and uh, hose accessories. So anything that is expensive and easy to sell on. Wow. And who is doing this? I mean, do, do you think that these are sort of, are they ordinary people who just sort of have run out of money or is is there something more organised going on? Yeah, I mean, the police and retailers are both saying this is organised crime. These are professional shoplifters. And if not professional shoplifters, it could be drug addicts stealing on behalf of organised crime. I mean, the milk formula, for example, staff at Co-op were being told that the milk formula powder was being stolen so it could be cut with drugs. Oh, God. Yeah, when it's shipped abroad. And it's the same, apparently, with talc and other powdered items. They're being told that's used by the drug industry and that's why it's becoming so such hot property and that's why they're having to tag it. That's amazing. I mean, if I'd sort of seen that in a news report, I think I would have assumed that was just people who were desperate, cost of living crisis, stealing baby milk. But to understand that it's part of a much bigger international network of crime is really shocking. Does that affect the methods that people are using? Yeah, I mean, shops are saying that quite often they're coming with weapons and the the list of weapons is extraordinary. It's it's these huge machete zombie knives, it's sawn off shotguns, it's being threatened with syringes. There's a certain sort of desperation and malice in the way that this is being carried out. It's terrifying for some of the staff. I mean, one one member of co-op, a female worker at co-op, was permanently blinded in one eye when she was hit over the head with a sort of medieval-style mace. God, that's horrifying. Absolutely. I mean, it's becoming increasingly hard to protect the staff. They have these glass screens up around the tills, but they said in some situations they are, people are sort of climbing under the glass barriers to get to the alcohol, to get to the cigarettes. They're, they are uh, breaching that sort of safe space for them. It's very, very scary for the staff. I spoke to Amelia, who was a manager at a co-op in the Bristol store, and she was telling me how she'd been threatened with a knife at a store. 
obviously I've been in the cult for six years now so I've experienced quite a few different situations so I've actually had a knife pulled on myself in my store when I was behind a till serving a customer and I just remember sort of going into panic mode and just thinking what do I do in this situation but that next level thinking is just give this person what they want because I've got other colleagues behind the tills as well so I want to make sure that they are protected. She said that even when she's not at work, she worries about what might be happening to the staff. Yeah, you just feel a bit helpless because the main priority for me always in my shops is to protect my colleagues and make sure that they're safe. If I'm being completely honest, I don't always feel safe at work. I mean, that, that sounds absolutely horrific. How are, how are stores coping? So... Shops are being really inventive now in the methods that they're coming up with to stop this. So, as I mentioned, garden centres have the number plate recognition. Shops and hair salons are locking their doors to stop these kind of dash and grab situations. Uh, Supermarkets are putting security tags on milk and cheese and coffee and and then also installing these sorts of uh, guards on shelves for protein bars and chocolate bars to stop shoplifters swiping an entire shelf into a bag. But yeah, they're having to be really inventive. In co-op, they had these panic buttons around the store and they had different signs on them. So it said things like shoplifting, meat and cheese, shoplifting, alcohol, And they would press the button, depending on where the shoplifting was taking place, to alert the staff. I mean, to have to do all of that, you'd realise just how, you know, how much of a fear it must be for them and how frequently it must be happening. This seems to have become such a big problem now across the country, you know, Bristol and beyond, that even the government have had to talk about it. Do they have any plausible solutions for what should happen? There have been some solutions offered, but I'm not sure that they're plausible. There was a talk by the policing minister of shoppers doing citizens' arrests if they saw a shoplifter. I would also just remind everyone that um, the, the wider public, including shop staff and security guards, do have uh, the power of citizens' arrest. And where it's safe to do so, I would encourage that to be used. Because if you do just let people walk in, take stuff and walk out without... Uh, you know, proper challenge, including potentially a physical challenge, um, then again, it will just escalate. And while I, while I want the faster and better police response, um, they can't be everywhere. Which is a mad and dangerous suggestion when we're talking about armed shoplifters. And if even uniformed security guards are being told, do not approach, do not apprehend, yeah. then it would be a wild suggestion to have vigilantes or shoppers trying to tackle shoplifters as they left a store. Coming up, what's it like being a shopkeeper in the middle of a shoplifting epidemic? One shopkeeper in Glasgow tells us that in 35 years working in retail, he's never seen anything like this. That's in just a moment. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rising sea levels, extreme weather patterns, extinctions of species. Our planet needs protecting. I'm Adam Vaughan, the Environment Editor for The Times, and this is Planet Hope from The Times, in partnership with Rolex and its Perpetual Planet Initiative. In this podcast, we hear from leading experts from around the world who are committed to finding solutions. These explorers, scientists, entrepreneurs and citizens are committed to a common goal, to protect our home, Earth. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Would you mind just starting by introducing yourself to our listeners? Tell us who you are and where you're talking to us from. Okay, uh, my name's Moore Isaac. I have a business, a shop in Blantyre near Glasgow in Scotland. I'm a vice president for the Federation for Independent Retailers. And I'm really on to discuss the, the issue of retail crime that's exploded, really. Yeah, exploded. I mean, that's strong words. Tell us about your own experience. I mean, firstly, tell us about your shop. Just describe it for us. Well, firstly, I've been in business for the um, best part of 35 years. I started when I was 20 years old, and this is the worst it's ever been. And uh, my shop, uh, we're a high street shop, um, uh, it's, a, it's a bigger store, and we have a post office in the store and a subway. It's a subway sandwich place. Yes, yes it is. And we work long hours, it's um, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., that is a long day. Yes. Just tell us, what sort of retail crime, what sort of shoplifting have you seen? Well, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. Um, last week, we had an incident where we had a shoplifter that came in 14 times. 14 um, times in one week? One week. We have it recorded and we played it back to see just how many times he came in. He came in 14 times. The person's got away with over £60 pounds worth of goods. Soft drinks, alcohol, sandwiches. He just treated us like a, you know, your daily shop, where he just picked whatever he wanted, sweets, confectionery, crisps, then put them in his pocket and walked back out. I, I mean, that, for anyone hearing that, that's, that's quite shocking. Uh, you know, I would have been shocked if you said 14 people had come in and separately shoplifted, but the same person. I mean, do you, do you say anything to them when they're shoplifting? No, when we caught him, we did report it to the police. Uh, the the device we always get from the police is uh, um, you can claim your insurance, but for the business insurance, the first £250 don't get paid. Hmm. So the shop thefts per incident are below the £250, so we can't claim the insurance. So you're not getting anything back every time somebody comes in and shoplifts. I mean, just give us a sense. You've, you've, you've called the police over this person who came in 14 times. Is he still coming into the shop? No, he's not coming into our shop now because my staff, have, we're, we've been made aware of him. We tried to warn the other shops about the person. But, you know, part of the issue is that GDPR tells us that we can't really, you know, show pictures and everything else. And uh, Oh, you can't go to another shop and say, look, this is an image of a person who was stolen from us 14 times. Yes. That's not allowed anymore. No, it's not allowed anymore. Do you think he's stealing because he's desperate? Is this, you know, somebody who's suffering the cost of living crisis? What, what, what's going on? You you get two types of people, um, uh, so people that steal. There's people that are desperate because they've got nothing in the house. And what they normally do, 
as they come and see us and they ask us, you know, we've got nothing in the house and we give them whatever they're looking for because, you know, we, we are a community store and we're part of the community. But I would say over 90% of the cases, it's nothing to do with poverty or anything else. It's just to do with the fact is that they know they can get away with it. Tell me a bit about that. How many different people are you seeing coming in shoplifting? How frequent has it become for you and your store? And what gives you the sense that they're doing it because they can and not because they're desperate? You, you know, um, we, we filled in a questionnaire recently and our previous shoplifting used to be about um, five cases for five attempts per week. But that, that's, that's ballooned. That's went over, way over 25 now. And... Uh, you might most most people listening might not understand that five per week that's pretty bad, but twenty five per week could actually finish a business off. Yeah. Because you want to remember we are working on lower margins. We've got uh, increase in uh, electric costs, gas costs, staffing costs. Everything's gone up, and we're already struggling. And uh, this this behaviour isn't helping anybody at all. I can see, like, financially, that must be such a strain. Is it also worrying? I mean, this is criminal activity. Do you ever feel threatened by it? Yes, we do. Um, this person that, that we had caught stealing, he had threatened one of our staff members, who's 19 years old, that he's going to come back and sort, sort him out. And he also said that he'll be waiting for him outside. You know, and... The staff, the, the level of intimidation has shot up as well and threats. And that's why we, we have um, started a campaign with our federation for um, Safe, Secure, Supported. What does that do? Well, what we're asking for is that the government help towards um, paying for the security measures. When we spoke to the PCCs... And These are the police crime commissioners in separate areas. Yes. And what they're telling us is that the biggest hurdle for the police is... Um, they don't have proper CCTV footage. Now, you, you look at your corner shop, they're working from day to day and they don't have a lot of money. A security system, on average, will cost you over 4500 We're asking for the government to give us a grant for the retailers to upgrade their security systems. Yeah. Is that forthcoming? They're very hesitant and, uh, you know, a lot of barriers get put up. But what we're telling them is that we do need more protection, but we also need some form of grant. We're not telling us, give us 100%. We're looking for that for all our retailers. All we're saying is, give us something towards it mm. so that it'll help the retailers protect themselves better. The government in Westminster has talked about shoplifting recently. Um, and just at the Conservative Party conference, the policing minister, Chris Philp, actually urged the public to step in to, to tackle shoplifters by making citizens' arrests when they see incidents of shoplifting happening. What did you make of that when you heard it? Um, uh, I was actually very surprised at that comment. There's been incidents where I've been threatened and uh, there's been customers stayed behind to make sure everything was OK and they didn't walk out. They, they made sure that I, that I was safe. Now... For them to try and make a citizen's arrest on a person, there's two big, big barriers. Number one is what's reasonable force. And they could leave themselves open for um, being charged with assault. And the second thing is that we would never want our customers to put themselves in harm's way. 
because we don't know what the person can. We've had in our business people come pull knives out on us, pull syringes out on us, and even in one case pull a shotgun on us. And that's the biggest the concern is that should somebody try and make a attempt a citizen's arrest that they haven't been trained for, then that could that could easily go wrong, and then the police could be charging the person that's making the citizen's arrest rather than the culprit. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there is a lot of potential for things to go wrong there. So, Louise, we just heard from Mo, who owns a shop in Glasgow, and it seems like it is the shopkeepers who are having to really carry the burden of dealing with this issue right now, or, you know, potentially citizens, if it's citizens' arrests that will do the job. But what, what are the police suggesting for what should happen? The police have talked about trying a new passport photo database with theft CCTV cameras, which is certainly a solution. I think shops themselves are getting better at sharing information and CCTV images of thieves. But there's certainly still an issue around lack of police attendance and the court prosecutions, of course, even if the police do make an arrest. It's certainly one solution, but not the whole solution. Um, Because retailers will also say, well, we give you the evidence, we give you the CCTV, we sometimes even apprehend and then call you and you don't come. I mean, that is something you hear repeatedly. Is there a sense that policing just isn't working when it comes to shoplifting? Yeah, I, I think shops have very vocally said that it's not working. John Lewis said that it's it's endemic and that they're just not seeing the police response when they call. In fact, 88 retailers, all the major retailers are saying the same thing, which is we call you and you don't come. So there's a sense that it's not a police priority. And some of that, of course, is chronic under-resourcing, but also the fact that shoplifting for so long has been perceived to be a minor offence, whereas now that we're seeing looting and violence, there's a call that it's taken much more seriously. We also mentioned earlier the, you know, the government's response, the idea that, that citizens should be out doing citizens' arrests whenever they see shoplifters. What about um, Labour? Do they have any solutions for this crisis? Yes, I think Labour's solutions are basically the retailers' solutions. So I think they will make themselves more popular with retailers with their recent suggestion that, yes, shoplifting should no longer be seen as a minor summary offence, as it has been since 2014, if the value is under £200. They're also backing retailers who are calling for it to be a specific offence to threaten or abuse a shop worker while they're doing their job. So, yes, I think that Labour's recent suggestions is what retailers have been calling for. In a way, that's kind of part of the problem, isn't it? It does get seen as a low-level crime, and yet it has such a massive impact on the economy and on so many people. Absolutely. I think for so long it was seen as a crime that didn't require a police response or even a retail response. I think retailers were perhaps slow to react to this as well. But now it's having such a huge impact on both retailers' profit margins, but also the that feeling of safety in your store. I think most of us can now recount seeing looting or shoplifting in a store near us. And it's it's scary. And if we think it's scary watching someone walk in 
grab a load of goods and walk out. Imagine what it's like for the shopkeepers who then face being threatened with knives and sawn-off shotguns if they dare to question them. We are really worried. You know, we've, we've had an incident, and I think it was it was been well documented about there was an incident in one of the shops in Scotland where a retailer had confronted people shoplifting, and he took a heart attack from that incident and collapsed and died. You know, it, it's so easily done, and we've had and the TikTok crazies where you know um, youths are being um, egged on really to raid shops. And they think it seems to be quite funny, but what they don't understand is that there's a single-person retailer that's standing there when a gang runs in to take things and everything else. It's a terrifying thought, you know, and it leaves at least some scars, and the mental health is severely impacted from that. Do you worry about what will happen if, if this trend doesn't change? Yes, um, we're going to lose our um, corner shops. You can't have a business model where the shoplifting is so high that you can't absorb the costs. Until the government start pulling their finger out, we're going to have a case where businesses go under. And when businesses go under, we, the smaller shop is the only one that works in the community. The money stays in the community. And the other thing about it is that there's a social hub. So if there's the elderly neighbour that doesn't come in in the morning, it's, it's the shopkeeper that sports that then goes to find out if everything's okay. We've had these cases and we can give you a number of cases where they've been to help, the, you know, some one of their local customers because they, they found out something was wrong with them. That All that's going to be lost. So there is, there, there is a huge case where, you know, the impact, the damage that's being done might be irreversible. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Consumer Affairs Editor at The Sunday Times, Louise Eccles, and Vice President of the Federation of Independent Retailers, Mo Razak. This episode was produced by Taryn Siegel and Ellie MacDonald. The executive producer is Fiona Leach, and sound design was by Hannah Farrell. If there's a story you'd like us to look into, or if you have any comments on what you've just heard, please do email us at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. <laughs>